You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. signing off on the line i have rob oh hey what's up from before ben hello and kyle hi there signing off is a debut album by british reggae band ub40 released in the uk on the 29th of august 1980 by graduate records the producer was bob lamb and ray pablo falconer oh and ub40 and the genre is reggae and dub i'm gonna read from the book jim harrington UB40, who took their name from a British unemployment benefit form, would eventually become the world's greatest reggae cover band. But there was no taste of red, red wine on the group's smart, deeply moving debut. Those who know the aforementioned Neil Diamond song and Elvis Presley's I Can't Help Falling in Love With You might be surprised to find out that UB40 actually had something to say of their own. And on this album, it says plenty. From its cover that shows a UB40 form to the hymn-like songs that reflect the band's roots in working-class Birmingham. Formed in the late 19 British ska revival, UB40 quickly became a presence in the British top 10 with a pop-heavy reggae influence, protest singles, King, I Think It's Going to Rain Today, and The Earth Dies Screaming, the first of two which feature on Signing Off. Vocalist Al Campbell's lyrics are simmering with rage, on the likes of Burden of Shame and Little by Little, targeted at everyone from governments to the band's uh, complacent fellow countrymen. But he delivers the message in a voice so velvetly smooth that it makes the most bitter line sound like a lullaby on such a memorable track as Tyler and the Billie Holiday classic Strange Fruit. Signing off proved to be popular in Britain, charting for well over a year, but it would take a subsequent and the significant watering down of the message to take the band to international stardom. All right, what do we think of UB40 signing off? I tell you what, I tell you what, I am into this record. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of stuff on this record. I'm into it too. It was not at all what I expected, knowing the UB40 radio hits that filtered through to the United States in the 80s and 90s. You know, I was not looking... I knew that they were a British reggae band. I knew they did covers. I knew they made pop hits. I was not expecting like a heavily dub influenced, basically protest album. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Yeah. Also a lot of stuff that kind of foreshadows what they become later. I've thrown this record away, this actual vinyl record away twice. What the fuck? Man, I wouldn't take it. Thinking that red, red, red wine's gonna be on it, and it never is. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I, I'm the, 
I'm the worst on this. I, I, I'm going to come right out and say, yeah, I prefer their pop cover hits to to this, and not because I don't like the uh, the message. My issue is with a message that they're bringing. I prefer the boot than the velvet glove, and they are giving us the velvet glove. Just don't. I don't identify. I, I, I have I have a much harder time like getting excited about revolution when it's like, you know. Here we go. I would put As this revolutionary like, fuck you punch you in the mouth on a boat though. I would if, I would, if, I would put on their on pop a hits on, on to, a boat. Sublim- I would absolutely I, like. I, no, <laughs> this is not allowed on my pontoon. <laughs> Get out of here. I would. Rob, I would. What? I would put this album on. On a sunny day, this is even with like like the very like political lyrics, uh, which I agree with. It's still like it vibes, it vibes so chill that I I would put this on if I was like I don't know working out in the yard on a sunny day. Now you're talking. Every every track is the same key, just about the same tempo. Oh boy, hell, like mix wise. I have, I, like, I, 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 I have issues with how this whole thing was produced. Honestly, really. Like, why, why, why am I this many whiskeys? I've been trying to explain. My <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, this record. Yeah, please so, interrupt me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm I, want, gonna, I, want, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, please throw your life preserver here. Rob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on with this record. Um, I think like many, I, I knew UB40 from Red Red Wine. And as a as a saucy teenager, I had the Sliver soundtrack. <laughs> the White soundtrack man say to, only full dudes rush in. Yep. Yeah, it's 1993, the summer of 1993. A lot of great soundtracks. Last Action Hero. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. And you had Sliver starring Sharon Stone. And that and movie like, where Sharon, Sharon Stone yeah. masturbates in a hot tub. Bro, I read the book. I read the novel. Um, <laughs> is it Kyle? Is it you read the novel, right? It, no, it was a novel. The movie was based on a novel. <laughs> Track one um, is a cover of an Elvis song. Uh, Birch, I'm just saying that because UB40 kind of became a joke from what I've read. Um, yeah, they did. Th- this record, I mean, but going these songs from are, red, red wine to fools rush in is pigeonholing yourself. Okay, but let's let's look at this record though. I mean, Tyler, uh, the first song. It's all these songs, all their originals on here, and even a couple of covers are very, uh, you know, very political. Um, and it's tough, I guess. Knowing you guys, we're probably going to talk about you know, like white dudes playing reggae. I guess um, Tyler is a jam. King is a jam. Burden of shame, jam. Uh, food for thought, little by little. Signing off, great instrumental. But outside of that, we have a lot of instrumentals, and we have a Randy Newman cover. But they're not bad. There's some goofy stuff on here. There's some goofy lyrics. Um, Madame Medusa. They're good when they, you know, when they're bringing attention to a cause, you know, like famine in in, in North Africa or, you know, British imperialism. Or like the evil of women. Uh, (laughs) Madame Medusa. (laughs) Gilded Serpents Dance, her tree of evil knowledge spouts a special branch. Like, uh, also, uh, Baron is her bosom. Made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> off of Food for Thought. But, like, 
these guys are young. There's a lot of good stuff on this record. Um, you know, the dub. Uh, it's, it's worth mentioning that this eight-piece band is mixed race. Yeah, it's mixed race. Yeah, it is. Well, it's also worth mentioning that the this is, you know, from a ragtag bunch of unemployed ex-carpenters students yeah. <laughs> who just work their asses off for a year perfecting the type of reggae that they wanted to play that was influenced by, you know, Jamaican ska and uh, reggae, and then also incorporating the sort of Britishism two-tone element that was going on at the same time. It's not just that they're trying to, you know, strictly copy uh, from another style of music. I mean, they saw what was going on around the same time. It, things were popping up. They weren't the only band, tr- you know, kind of uh, getting into this music. Yeah. But what they're I, doing. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Birch. Yeah, no, I was just saying, you know, they're, they're, it, it's something more than race. I, I would say it comes from a position of uh, being in power or being impoverished. And they themselves were seeing as, you know, either unemployed working class uh, those who had less, the Thatcherism uh, mm-hmm. of the time, the National Liberation uh, Front that they were seeing mm-hmm. rise in in England, they were reacting to all those different elements and were were pushing more for uh, you know a, a punk ethos of equality and and unity um, and rising up uh, against you know the haves have nots. I never but- knew. I never knew they got their name from a uh, unemployment form. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the cover <laughs> I'll, of this I'll record. Ju- I'll jump in. I yeah. don't give a shit. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm jumping right in. Get in there, Birch, Rob. I've already told you a thousand times. The only ska that I recognize is the Jamaican ska by Annette Vudicello and Fishbone. So <laughs> don't talk to me about your ska, 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 unless you utter Annette's name in the same baited breath. <laughs> What an odd thing to say. It is kind of odd. Uh, what they're doing musically on this album, for when I'm listening to it, it's, it sounds pretty unique from what the, the from the two tone style, and they're definitely pulling on more dub influences. But it also doesn't sound just like straight up Jamaican dub like this to me, at least. Like th- this. It's a hybrid mm-hmm. of uh, uh, that they're doing of existing styles, but I don't know. I, I don't know of other folks in the in the in the music scene in 1980 who have specifically this flavor of hybrid going on. Like it, where where they're coming from, it's mostly two tone. It seems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's who it is for, yeah. for the casual for the casual listeners, not people like myself, but for casual <laughs> listeners. How would you uh, explain um, two-tone? I mean, easiest way to explain is just say the specials. The ska re- the British ska revival that the specials spearheaded, spearheaded and bands that kind of followed into that click, that, that branch of the ska tree. It's more hep, hep, pick it up, uh, like rock steady, than gotcha. it is dub. And gotcha. UB40 is pulling more from the the dub side of, of the Jamaican influence. Yep. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I identify a lot with that too. That's, I think that's why one of the reasons this this particular album stood out to me. I was like every, uh, all of you when I thought, oh, UB40, what, what the <laughs> heck are we going to get with UB40? Uh, I mean, yeah, Red Red Wine, it, it sort of had this pop ska or pop reggae uh, that just popped into my mind. And then this comes on and it has dub uh, influence, which sort of blew me away because it, you know, I wouldn't necessarily think of anyone just recommending a, a dub album. And we hadn't even gotten into a lot of the other dub albums that probably should have been here from, you know, I wish we got that burning spear version of the one that, yeah. that we did have. Yeah. Burning spear yes. dub yes. version. And, and some of those early, um, uh, King Tubby and some of those early dub records that should have probably already been in here, but I'm just glad to to finally get some dub that we uh, that we get to hear and experience. Um, and it's good; they do a good job with it. I do th- think it is strange. It's a second tier, you know. People are already doing dub, <laughs> and this is a interpretation of it, but they do it very well and. It comes across as, uh, I mean, from no one can. It, it's like someone who perfect does something so well that uh, they get widely accepted by um, everybody else who is also playing playing that style of music because they just recognize if you're a talented artist, you're you're talented. No, you're absolutely right. This cover of uh, Moon Dance is wonderful. Oh, <laughs> For the record right now, we are listening to Burden of Shame, which does have a similar structure to Moondance. I, I hadn't much heard that yet. So, so now, much now that so you've mentioned it. He was like Van Morrison was credited as co-songwriter on this. Yeah, oh, this oh, yeah, yeah. They really? recognized it. Uh, yeah. It's, they, it is. I, I didn't I didn't place that together on my own. But now that you've mentioned it, I I only hear Moondance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that Van Morrison's getting a little more attention. The the funny thing that you you're saying that is such a bad I, I don't know if you're saying that's a bad thing, Rob, or anybody else. You're saying, Oh I don't know what what, what about this cover <laughs> version of this? I don't think you have thought about what dub music is. Dub music is taking an original piece of music and then stretching it out, manipulating it, adding echo. It is. T- it literally is taking one song and transitioning it into another, dubbing it into another song. So if we're talking about things like Strange Fruit um, and these covers that they're doing, they, they became, you know, a cover band. They're interpreting these things and they are doing something I really like in this case, which is to manipulate these uh, these songs in, in sort of a, uh, create a different song in in a dub format.
Yeah, my, my issue is into the, the style, and my issue also is in the production, which, you know, upon multiple listenings, is it, it's pretty... It's pretty cool what they're doing with the uh, like the step phasing, multiple delays, and reverb with it. it I'd never heard this treatment. Well, you, you initially had a problem with the production of this. Yeah, well, I, I say a lot of things a lot of times. <laughs> and then I'll recant them when it serves my purposes. Get out of here, Kyle. <laughs> um, specifically, the keys don't change too much. And I prefer my revolution a little more violent as this is a little more soft <laughs> production wise. I, I still think it sounds thin. I, I think, I think there could be way more, butt on this. Um, and I would, I would prefer a little bit more like a uh, little, little more bass little in, in the mix. Uh, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean like as far as like studio trickery and stuff is concerned, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn innovative. And like, they, they are very, very good at, uh, playing the tunes like it, it's it's well recorded um in as far as making like a first outing like i, I that, that there, there's a lot to be said for that can i tell you about the recording please birch i i was i, please, I, I was hoping yeah. to segue into that yeah yeah so they're obviously you know they work for a year they're unemployed they're students they they work their ass off to you know they love this type of music so they work hard and hard. They don't know anybody though that <laughs> knows anybody in the record industry. So they go to Bob Lamb who was, they just kind of, uh, knew him from a friend of a friend. And he was the only one who had any connection to, he used to play in a band, right? Uh, they were unable to afford any proper recording for a recording studio. studio. Time. Yeah, yeah. Studio time. Uh, so it was recorded at Bob Lamb's own home, a ground floor flat in the house of Cambridge Road. It later became affectionately known as the home on the uh, home of the hits. Uh, Lamb, who first heard their single King, was blown away by it, just thought it was the greatest thing, uh, wanted to work with them. And uh, he would later use the money that he earned from this album's success to actually build a proper recording studio in uh, a Highbury studio, as in an old cricket bat factory near Kings, Kings Heath, uh, which remained under his ownership until his retirement in 2010. So literally, this album gave him his own recording studio, it also did really well, reached number four in the main UK singles charts, went uh, sold nearly half a million copies, certified silver um, in 1980. It, it was also the first single to complete was the first single on a completely independent label without the backing of a major record company to reach the top 10 in the UK singles charts. So was that it was, King? Uh, the, the single. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think it was King. Um, no, I was just going to say, I, I found that really interesting that, you know, this is this is kind of like a D, so DIY. It, it, it's, it has the same approach as Two-Tone, where they're, they're just putting out these records and, and, hey, people are actually picking them up, listening to them. Pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, I, I also read about the, the recording process uh, and I thought it was interesting 
I definitely think it's cool that the band spent like they, they had the concept of what they wanted to do. And then they, they, the entire eight piece band just spent a full year getting good at their instruments and getting good at playing this style of music. And they would hold each other to task. Like if someone yeah. like wasn't keeping up with the progress of the rest of the band at musicians, they would, they call them out. They make fun of them. They, you know, like, like kind of shame them into practicing more. Yeah. So these the are young time, bucks. Yeah. Yeah. By the time they did get their quote unquote studio time at Bob Lamb's house, they were like, I, I remember like we're, we're from Indiana. Uh, I remember hearing stories about uh, when the zero boys went into the studio to record vicious circle and they were naive and didn't know how studios work. Didn't know about overdubs and punching something in. And they, they were under the impression they just had to go in and nail it as a band. And that seems like from what I was reading about the recording of this one, the band was so competent at these songs that the recording, even though it was on a shoestring budget and literally in Bob, Bob Lamb's house with like the saxophone in the kitchen, the drums in the backyard, there's birds that you can hear on the recording because they're also in the backyard. They'd have to tell the neighbors to be quiet when they were laying down drum tracks from all accounts the recording process was very chill and went very smoothly just because the band came just ready to fucking lay it down. That's cool. That just reminds me of, that reminds me of the Captain Beefheart uh, laying down trap, trap mask replica in six hours. <laughs> Hello, guru. <laughs> Again, why did they practice for a year and then lay it down and, practice the same songs for a year and then just come there and, and rush the recording <laughs> six hours but three days for uh beef heart to record yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, is anyone familiar with the randy newman original off this record i think it's going to rain today yep what album's that uh, on birch do you know is that from toy story 2 <laughs> Kyle, you you hopped on this podcast a little bit late. We've already covered a few very well received Randy Newman albums. Toy Story One. <laughs> Randy Newman is more than the guy that does the Toy Story songs. Yeah. He's a very accomplished songwriter. Yeah, if you're making fun of Randy Newman, you're in the wrong wrong house. Oh, I'm you're still gonna do some fixing. <laughs> 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 no uh go, yeah go back what, what's the first one is is it like 13 songs or is that fugazi i always get the two what's the first rainy new one oh, sail away we just yeah yeah sail away and and good old boys listen listen yeah. to those two and then come back and talk story yeah. toy story okay yeah, i apologize um let me rephrase this um Randy Newman fanboys. Um, how how do you like this cover? <laughs> I know you guys all have your Randy Newman tattoos. I didn't know it was a cover. Okay. I didn't know it was a cover. I'm not familiar with the original content, but I like I like their treatment of it. I think it's cool. Uh cool. Yeah, I think it's good. I think cool. it's a very good cover. It's one of the most pop forward songs on this album. Like uh I'm glad that King was the single because King is the most representational of how they sound at this point, how the band sounds. But I would have thought that the cover would have been the Randy, the more traditional pop arrangement of the Randy Newman song. Yeah. 
It's on his debut, nineteen six. It's just self-titled. And you're okay. thinking of twelve songs from nineteen seventy. Is there a Fugazi album called Thirteen Songs? Am I confusing how it, many songs? It's thirteen songs, yeah. Okay. And twelve songs is Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I'm I'm not crazy, it's just similar album titles with similar yeah. numbers. Yeah. I mean, speaking of covers, I thought the Billy Holiday cover was really good. Um very powerful song based on an old poem. Oh yeah, how about how this album comes with an EP? That's cool. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. Is it though? I I had I had to listen to like 25 more minutes of music I didn't care for. Rob. If I Is that cool? If I bought the album and it came with a bonus 25 minutes, I'd be pretty happy. And I like I think those three songs Again, I, I think those three songs are pretty good. Throwing this away twice, so no, I wasn't happy. <laughs> e- either time, did it, did it come with an EP when you threw it away? I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even listen. You didn't Our crack it open. Into the thing. You just, oh, you just looked at it. No red, red wine here. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on. I was like, boo, and I was like, I'm out of here. And then I was like, oh. I bet, I, this song, I bet this is awesome. Oh, no, wait, again? Oh. <laughs> Rob, I've been, I've been there, Rob, on different albums. I, I've, I've thrown away albums in my earlier years only to then be looking for them again. Like Who 10 are years you later. guys? Who are you guys? My first Throwing away albums. Todd, my first listen of Todd <laughs> Rudgren's something, something Anything, I, wasn't, I thought it was overblown too long and other people did it better. I would just listen to the Beatles, you know, but years later, learn knowing more of the nuance of Todd Rundgren. Now I'm like, Oh, you know what? On hindsight, especially after doing the podcast episode on it, having to actually critically think about it, I wouldn't have sold it that first time. You know? I just think this I can I'm get bored. I can get Rob's Rob complaints um, from the production. It is a bit thin. It does have uh, it doesn't have that like heavy heavy reggae vibe, but it has a very light vibe. I mean, it is a very in the it's in the groove and it has the a very controlled element to it. Which is yeah, always they only play in this. They play in one key, which is it's very controlled. I don't know about that, but they it does have a very it just has a very good sound, and I think uh, it's about time we got dub. And if it has to be UB forty, <laughs> okay. This is I will say this is a pretty strong debut album. I mean, off the bat, coming out with this, pretty good. Yeah, I, I start half the, half, half the songs on this record. Um, I did too, Kyle. I would absolutely pick this up if I if I saw it in like Rob's garage sale or <laughs> at a record store. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler is a great opener. I'm sorry. Uh, 
And I'm sure you guys all looked into the, the, the case study of Gary Tyler, who was released from prison five years ago in 2016. I, mm-hmm. What if I told you I did not? Well, you're a buster. Are you going to tell me about it? What if what if there's one enough. what if there's one of our listeners that has not looked into Gary Tyler's court case? Tyler is guilty. What judges said so? Come on, that's king burden of shame. I don't know. Um, I think the production is fine, Rob. <laughs> it's thin, dude. Thin. There's no butt on it. It's mids. It's not dynamic. This is not dynamic. Yeah, that's valid. So it's not very dynamic. Okay. Oh, all right. I win. Get out of here, Kyle. There's there's some low end. There's friend. some good stuff here. There's good stuff. It does it 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 does kind of the songs kind of blend it. It's it's a it's a feel. It's a vibe. Yeah. Some of the songs start to blend together. There's a lot of the same key. Is it actually all the same key, Rob? Uh, is that a fact? No, it's don't not trust Rob. It's it, it, it's right. a it's an assumption. <laughs> it, I, from song to song, there's not that much of a change in feel, in dynamics, in tempo, in key. I get your I I get your complaint, and it's valid. I I still think it works. Yeah, I was gonna say that's part of what you want. That's part of what is working from song to song because you just from the song we were just listening to. What was that? Uh, uh, 25% of food from thought. I mean, you barely recognize this as a different song, which is great in dub, which is great in, in when you're trying to, you don't want a, a complete change of, you know, drums, tempo. Sorry. You know, that's, that's why, that's why DJs like dub so much. You just mix it all together. It all works. I mean, th- th- yeah. this is the same key as burden of shame. Hey, Rob. Um, yeah, I guys. Hey, I, hey, Rob. For me. Hey, Rob. Uh, Kyle, yes, hey. please. You ever listen to UB40 on weed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this album, actually, I would highly recommend. <laughs> the one that we're listening to right now is reminding me of Hotel California. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is this food for thought that we're listening to? Food for thought yeah. reminds you of fucking Hotel California. <laughs> I hear it's, it's similar chords. I hear what Rob's saying. What? It's, Thank you, Ben. It, the, the the progression of the chords is. You guys are, the, I don't agree with his opinion on the album, but when he has a point, it's valid. <laughs> you guys are stabbing me with your steely knives. <laughs> uh, what, how am I stabbing you with anything, Kyle? It, it is a similar chords to Hotel California. Ben, you just can't kill the beast. <laughs> you could sing that to this song. <laughs> All right, I think we're. I think we're, we've talked enough about you before. Me. <laughs> positive for me, Birch. Uh, okay. I was not expecting to go positive what? on this album. Yeah, I'm surprised. That I wasn't expecting to go positive on a UB40 album. Not I'm having you're going positive on UB40. I, well, no, I am too. I am too. I dig the vibe. I would absolutely put this on on a sunny day. If someone is interested in listening to some British ska or reggae, this would be in the handful of albums I would recommend to them. Little by yeah. little, I agree. 
What do you think, Kyle? Uh, I really like this record, honestly. Um, the songs that work, like Tyler King, uh, Burden of Shame, they sound like milk. They sound great. Little by little, signing off. Great instrumental. Food for thought. Yeah, I like this record a lot. I was really worried that everybody was going to poo-poo this, but um, I think it's good. And I I get that maybe the this might be the high point for this band. I don't think we have any more UB40 it's records, the high point. right? I think yeah. many have acknowledged, the yeah. They peaked. Um, <laughs> does the Sliver soundtrack ever show up on... No, we're not going to get the Sliver A thousand one albums? I'm, I'm sorry. You no. have to hear before you die? Because no. there's some okay. good stuff on there. All right. All right, two positives. What do you think, Rob? Man, Food for Thought, just got done listening to it. It really feels like sitting at a blackjack table when you lost $500. Like, <laughs> that's that's the feeling this whole album gives me, is like oh the post-gambling, oh shit, I just lost everything, like kind of coming out of a, uh, a drunken whatever, and then you're like, oh no. That is oh, oddly no. specific. It is, it is oddly specific. Was but UB40 it's the playing the last, the last time you lost all your money? Was this May as well to, the, <laughs> to the Star Trek convention in Vegas? Lost <laughs> nothing there. You were there. Kyle Beach, you were there with me. I was on fire. You were on fire. I would go to, no, I remember I you go were, to a machine. <laughs> I remember seeing you at like 6 o'clock in the morning and you were playing like... You're playing against somebody else named Rob Ross, who was also like in the Vietnam War. <laughs> do you remember that? Because I do. <laughs> they, there was a uh, there was like an Empire Strike. No, the, there was a Star Wars slot machine that I would stop by and like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get some food, and I'd put money into it, and then they'd give us two hundred dollars, and I would buy us lunch. It was super fun, and that oh. was like. 10 years ago. Well, yeah. I remember. Uh, what do you think, Rob? Like, this gives me the same feeling as like Casino. So I'm going negative. Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. Here, here's the opinion. One, if you're going to give me the fucking message, give it to, I want the boot. I don't want the fucking velvet glove. Two, a dub apparently. Three, it sounds thin. The upsides to it are the the production values with the the reverbs and the delays and the phasing are fucking cool. So I mean, I don't get this isn't for me, and I don't get it. It's a negative. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was surprised by this. I think like a lot we've said, Ben and Kyle. I mean, UB40 to us is is red red wine is the sort of hit that we just know from from the commercials from radio or whatever but this one came out of left field for me so i was very i was pleasantly surprised i'm into this kind of dub this reggae it it might not be og original but it's it's spot on they're doing a a very good job uh representing the sort of second wave uh scott england so i'm into it positive all right next time we'll be talking about the teardrop explodes kilimanjaro all right thanks y'all